0: Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis how Noah committed to do the work, did the work, and finished the work by building an altar. This message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org. Now, here's some highlights from yesterday's message.
1: In our last study, we saw how painful it was for Noah to stay on the ark, to stay inside the ark for those final days. Staying on the ark, we saw for Noah, was like the pain of childbirth, which I personally have never experienced, but I'm told by my wife, it's very painful. If we were standing out there, outside the ark, we, and we used verses 16 through 19, those four verses, we would see the following. We would stand there, we'd say, oh look, here comes Noah off the ark. Noah is alive. And Noah has kept alive those that were with him. We know that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to bring us forth and present us one by one before the Father alive. And as Noah then turned to those he had brought out of the ark and presented that new life. So the Lord Jesus Christ is going to present to us a new eternal life in heaven. He's excited to do it. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. I'm going to prepare a place for you. you what you work on, you're excited about. And why is he doing that? Because so that when we get to heaven, he can say, look what I did for you.
0: Now here's Tom Cantor as we continue our expository study of the life of Noah and the book of Genesis every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday.
1: Then we saw only those that were with Noah were kept alive. So if you had a personal thing that you didn't like about Noah, that was a big problem. (laughs) But that's also true about the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you happen to have been raised, as I was, in a home where just you, you couldn't even mention the name of Jesus in Christ, my dear friend, who's re-taught me Hebrew, Dorothy, and we love each other. She's a Holocaust survivor, you know, over 80, and she's very proud of me, her student. And so she listens to these teachings only for a certain amount. And then the reaction occurs, like she's been injected with acetone in her veins. And it's just, it's just you know, and she can't do it anymore. If you have a problem with Noah... That's a big problem. If you have a problem with the Lord Jesus Christ, that's a big problem. Why? Because in John 1, 4, it makes clear, in him was life. In John 3, 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. So if you have a problem with Noah, you've got to get over it. If you have a problem with the Lord Jesus Christ, you've got to get over it, because he's the only way to life. John 5.40 says, you will not come to me that you might have life. In 1 John 5.11, it says, this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life, very simply stated, this life is in his son, period. It's not in his son plus, or not in his son and, but is in his son, period. And then it goes on to say, he that hath the son hath life and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. So just as each one was emerging from the ark and could have said, I'm alive because I was with Noah, everyone who finds himself in heaven will say, I'm alive because I was with the Lord Jesus Christ. So that picture of Noah emerging from the ark and reporting to God and then bringing out life from the ark as giving a report so to speak to the job that God had given him to do that's the picture of the high priestly prayer in John 17 when the Lord Jesus Christ reports to the Father and he says I have glorified on thee on the earth in John 17 4 I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. I have finished the work. What work was he referring to? The work of keeping alive, as he spoke of in John three sixteen through 17. Think about that. We always look at that, that from our point of view, which is, oh, so wonderful. God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son. But think of it from his point of view as a work order that was given to him by the Father. So he says, God so loved the world that he gave, that means if I'm the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to say that I've been given as the only begotten of Father, so that whosoever believeth in me should not perish, but have everlasting life. Then it goes on to say, for God sent not his son. See, that's the work order. That's the order. I've been sent. Sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's just another way of saying might be kept alive. And then in 1 John 4.14, it says, And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son into, to be the Savior of the world. So just as the last words that Noah heard from God were ascending words, Go, gather, go, build, go, gather, gather food, gather them all. The next scene that we have is Noah then Speaking to God as a report and saying, I did it. I finished the work. I built the ark. I gathered the food. There was enough food. I, I kept them alive in this ark. It wasn't easy. And uh, now I bring them out to you. And so the Lord Jesus Christ also was sent into the world by the Father to save life alive. And all that would, in other words, all that would go with Him. And in His report to the Father, He's telling the Father, mission accomplished. It's done. I'd saved saved them alive, just like Noah. So just as we see Noah first emerging from the ark and then turning around to bring forth those that he had kept alive and then turning to God and saying to them, here they are, and then turning to them and saying, here it is, so we see the lord jesus christ in john 17 12 saying while i was with them in the world i kept them in thy name those that thou gavest me i have kept and none of them is lost and he took pride in that and right he should he took pride in that and right he should that none of them were lost and noah took pride in that and right he should that none of them was lost. It did not come automatically. It was hard work. And as the Lord said that he kept them alive, Noah could bring them out. He says, see, Father, I kept them all alive. And with those words, we can see Noah emerging from the ark with his clipboard in hand, and he's checking off. Everyone that he put in there. Oh, it's got his clipboard, you know. And he's checking off. And he says, okay, now I put that cockatoo and I don't know what he put in there. But anyways, <laughs> if I put that chicken in there. And here it comes. Here comes the chicken. And so when he gets down to the bottom of his checklist, and he puts that final checklist on there, we can see Noah saying the same words of the Lord Jesus Christ. He would take out his handkerchief, and he would say, kept them all alive, okay. Now's a good time for me to wipe the sweat off my brow. <laughs> and none of them is lost, see? And it was just not a casual thing for Noah, like saying, well, what do you know? See, they all got here alive. That's pretty good. No, no. <laughs> Noah made it his business, and he was diligent to make sure that he could say, as the Lord said in John ten twenty eight, I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. And neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. You know, take take one of them away. No way. He says, My grip is going to hold them strong. And we can picture as Noah presented each one alive as they emerged from the ark, and the Lord Jesus Christ presenting each one of us in heaven. And he's saying, The Lord Jesus (laughs) says, Father, I want to present, it's my pleasure to present to you Jack. Jack here, he believed on me and I kept him alive. And we can picture the father saying to the son, Matthew three 17, couldn't have a better one. That, now that's my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And Noah, the keeper of life, the Lord Jesus Christ is called in Jude 1, 1. It says, "Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, brother James, to them that are sanctified by God, and preserved in Jesus Christ, and called, preserved." See, he's the he's the life preserver. He's the life keeper. He's the preserver of life. So, verses fifteen through seventeen here is God's command to bring forth. That's God's command. Verses fifteen through seventeen is God's command. To bring them out now, Noah. Now, verses 18 through 19 is Noah's response to the command, or it's Noah's obedience to the command. And focusing on those two, those important words, verse 15, God spake unto Noah. Verse 18, Noah went forth. See, that points out to us this truth that God has constructed it this way in Genesis 8, to have these two sections of the call and the response, emphasized to us that God doesn't push anyone. God doesn't push Noah. God didn't push Noah out of the ark. God called Noah, and Noah came out of the ark. Noah obeyed God's call to come out of the ark. It's a very important pattern for us to see. Verse 15, God spoke. Verse 18, Noah went forth. Noah went forth. God calls. Man obeys. God does not obey for man. Man obeys. God calls out to sinful man to be saved. Being saved is not automatic. People have said to me, I've always been a Christian. (laughs) I said, when were you a Christian? I've always been a Christian. No one has always been a Christian. No one has been born a Christian. No one has always been saved. No one was born, no one was born saved. God calls men to be saved, as it says in Isaiah 45, 22. look unto me and be ye saved all ye ends of the earth, for I am God and there's none else. Then it's up to man to obey God's call. In other words, God puts the ball in man's court. And so just as God called Noah, God calls sinful man to be saved. And just as Noah responded to God and came out of the ark, sinful man must respond to God. And so it's sinful man that has to, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, verse 20. So Noah, okay, he's finished the work. And Noah's probably thinking to himself, now I can go home to heaven. It's a hard job. But Noah's finished the work that God gave him to do. And the ark is now, everything's here, all come out, the ark's empty, and we can imagine Noah now just taking a little time to look at the ark. Remember, We said that in Genesis 6:22, when Noah finished building the ark. And again, he wiped his brow you know, And he sat down and he looked at the ark. Remember what he said? He said, "That's a big boat, right? <laughs> so now, in verse 20 here, about a year later, the ark has just been emptied out, sits down, looks at the ark. He wipes his brow, and he said, that was a big job. (laughs) It's over. Noah has obeyed God. Noah has built the ark. Noah has gathered all the food that was needed for the trip. Noah put his family in there, gathered his family in there. The animals went into the ark. Noah kept them alive for that painfully long time of about a year. Noah has brought them out of the ark. Noah is looking at an empty ark. The ark has served its purpose. It's done, the ark now and Noah looks from the ark, this is where we are, Noah looks from the ark to the future. Now this is Noah looking from the ark to the future, and we can imagine Noah turning his back on the ark and saying, well, that chapter's done. And now he looks over a beautiful new earth, a beautiful earth that's been cleansed, it's been renewed. And what, what do you think the thoughts that come into Noah's mind were at that time? And we got to remember that what it was like for Noah when Noah walked off that ark Noah saw nothing there was nothing there were no houses there were no FEMA trailers (laughs) there were no 7-elevens there were no wells for water there were no outhouses there was nothing there was nothing there and we have to remember the type of person that Noah is Noah is the get it done person God chose his man He's, he chose to get it, he's the nurturing, he's the providing, he's the protecting, he's the get-it-done person. He had just protected, nurtured, provided protection. He had provided shelter, food for his family, for his animals, and that was in Noah's heart. That's the kind of heart that Noah had. He had a heart that, was to, that wanted to do that. Let me lose, so I, that's what I do. I'm a builder. All that protection, all that nurturing... All that provision, it didn't just happen. It took a lot of get-it-done spirit on the part of Noah. Noah the planner, Noah the builder, Noah the executor. That's what Noah did, Noah the make-it-happen person. And so as he looks over the post-flood world before him, he thinks to himself, he sits down and he thinks to himself, I got a lot of work to do. There's a lot that's got to get done. He uh, He says, look at this, he says, we need some shelter there's no way I'm walking back into that ark he says you know Noah says that he says I'm not getting I don't I don't even want to see a boat in my life anyway so Noah starts thinking you know it's like when we went first to Ethiopia and and the land was there and the first thought you have is water where are we going to get water and Noah's sitting there I got to get water we got we need a well we got to get a well dug here And then Noah's wife, you see, Noah's wife, she's her first thing is, where's the bathroom? (laughs) Noah, you need to build an outhouse, you know. And so he's under pressure from his wife to get things done. And then you know he's thinking, I gotta help my sons, we've got to build houses here. I've got to plan a community. We got to, we need a community here. This community needs to be efficient. You know, the ark was efficient. And so Noah's an efficient man. And so he's thinking to himself. He says, "You know, I I got to go get those seeds, those seeds that I brought on the ark with me. I got to plant vines and I got to plant trees and I got to plant vegetables and I got to plan out where all those vineyards and orchards are going to be and I got to build some barns to protect the harvest. I, I got a lot of work to do. I got to figure out whether I'm going to get DSL or cable. <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot of things on his mind so of course all those things came into Noah's mind why because Noah's the planner Noah is the builder Noah is the action person that's the kind of heart that Noah has and there was a lot of action needed right now and Noah had already proved that he was a reliable get-it-done person I mean, we've got to remember that he's standing in front of an ark, and so that ark is like a diploma for Builder Noah. He's got his B1 license there, and he's, he says, I could do it, I did it, I got it done. So all of this thing, we can imagine that all these things he's seeing in his mind, it's like steam rising in Noah's head, and his body is like a steam turbine ready to engage in what needed to be done. <laughs>
0: Tom, today you talked about how Noah committed to do the work of saving life, and how Noah did the work, and how Noah finished the work. Now, how does what Noah did apply to our lives today? Yes.
1: You know, there's those three points, those three separate parts of Noah's life that are very, very important for us to see, to capture, to really understand. Step one, the first stage, the first thing that occurred with Noah is that he heard the voice of God giving him the work, and Noah took that step where he committed to do the work that God gave him to do, which was to save life. That's very much like Isaiah in his life in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, where there's this definite commitment to do God's work. It says in Isaiah 6, 8, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. So see, first what we see in that verse is that he heard the voice of the Lord. If we're in our Bibles every day and we have our ears opened in the morning as David said, "Is opens his ears in the morning. Then we're in the best place to hear the voice of the Lord through the Scriptures. We'll hear God speak. And when we hear, then we'll understand. He's saying there, whom am I going to send? God is in the sending business. He's looking for the whom. The issue is the whom. God is just ready to send. But the question is, who's going to step up to the plate? What Isaiah did is Isaiah steps up to the plate and he says, me. Here am I. Send me. Because Isaiah realized that if he had the sending of God, that's all he needed. Even he had the problem of the unclean lips, so God cleansed his lips. But whatever problem he had, if he had the sending of God, then that's all he needed. And then that's the lesson for us. If we have the sending of God, that's all we need. And then the next thing that Noah did was very important. He actually did the work. He did the work. He didn't just say he was going to do it, but he did it. That was the importance behind the parable that the Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ spoke in Matthew twenty-one, twenty-eight through 30, when he said these things, but what think he? A certain man had two sons. He came to the first and said, son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he repented and went. And he came to the second and said, likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir. And he went and went not. See, see, the worst situation was the second one who said, I'm going, but he didn't go. And so the first one says, I won't go, but he repents and he goes. That was good. So what we see in Noah is they said, I go, I'll do it. And he did do it. And so he did the work. And then the last part is that Noah finished the work. And that's what we've been studying today. He actually finished the work. And what a day that was for Noah when he could, when the door swung open, and, and 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 he could, you know, he comes out, salutes to God, and says, you know, I did the work, sir, you know, and and so that's like the Lord Jesus Christ in John seventeen four, where he reports to the Father, and he says, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. What a day! That was for him. What a day that can be for us as we also hear the voice of God, and take a definite commitment to do God's work, then we do the work and we look forward to that day when we, like the Lord Jesus Christ, can report and say, I finished the work which thou gavest me to do. You know, this was the great fulfillment in Paul's life. What a joy it was for him to be able to say, I am now ready to be offered. You know, not everybody can say that they're ready to die. I mean, the Christian— Christians, not all Christians can say, I'm ready to die. Some Christians, you say, well, you know, I'm ashamed to die because I didn't take the work that God gave me. I didn't do the work that God gave me. I didn't finish the work. So I'd be ashamed to die. But Paul wasn't in that state. And so that's a great challenge for us where he says, I am ready to die. In other words, I'm not ashamed to die. I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course, I have kept the faith in 2 Timothy 4, 6-7. See, that was the great thing that Paul showed us here, because when he said these things, it was like Paul was saying to us, and now it's your opportunity. You should live your life so that you can come to the end and say, I'm ready now to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I have kept the faith. Now, let me just say, if you would like to to be sent by God to reach his lost Jewish people in southern California in Los Angeles in Orange County in San Diego if you when you read the scriptures and you see God set his love on Israel as it says in in Deuteronomy when you you read the scriptures you hear God saying that I have rebellious children you hear God lament over his lost he turns he uses the term lost the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and you hear the voice of God speaking to you, and then you hear, as it were, like Isaiah, in Isaiah, where God would say, Whom shall I send to the Jewish people? Whom shall I send? And if you want to commit to do God's work, come and join us. And where where you would say with Isaiah, Here am I. Send me to the Jewish people. We have a job for you. We have a full-time job for you. You won't have to raise support. This is a a, a salaried position in, in Los Angeles, Orange County, and in San Diego to raise reach the Jewish people with the life-giving gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then when you read Romans 1.16, where it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Think of how wonderful to make your life. That goal of bringing the gospel of Christ to the Jew first, where every day you you'd go out and you bring the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to the Jew first. You preparing Israel for the future when it says in, in uh, Romans 11, and then all Israel shall be saved. That does not mean that every Jew that's ever lived will go to heaven and be saved. But it does mean that there's coming a day when every Jew that is alive will Be saved. All Israel will be saved. And that takes preparation today. For the time in the future when all Israel shall be saved, and that you can do by joining us in Southern California and Los Angeles, Orange County, San Diego, to go to reach the Jewish people, and then you can you can say with Ezekiel in Ezekiel two three, where Ezekiel heard these words, and he said unto me, Son of man, I send thee to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that have rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me, even unto this very day. And then you can say, as God sent Ezekiel, so God send me. And he says, I, and you can say, God has sent me and I've heard the words from God. I send these to the children of Israel and and don't expect them to throw their arms wide open in such a wonderful welcome because he says they're a rebellious nation, they rebelled against God. But that doesn't matter because you're working for the pleasure of God and God will say, well done, thou good and
0: faithful servant. Thank you for joining us today. Now God gave Noah two commands, to go forth and to bring forth. And as Christians, we're given the same command to go forth with the gospel and to bring forth, which is to teach and disciple others. And we have an opportunity for you that are listening in the Southern California area to become a full-time missionary working for Israel Restoration Ministries. We have an opening, and you'll be the courier of the gospel to the Jewish people. If you're interested in going door-to-door to reach lost Jewish people and building relationships with them and discipling God's lost chosen nation of people, please contact us today at one 800 one That's 247 3051 You can also email us at info at org. That's info at org. Now, if you have a lost Jewish friend and you'd like to go forth and bring forth the gospel to them, call us today at one eight hundred two four seven thirty fifty one. 247 3051 That's one eight hundred two four seven thirty fifty one. 247 3051 or go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for a free gift to be mailed to them or to you. Thanks for listening.